Well, good, good morning. You know, I've been uh, walking in the morning with one of our neighbors. My wife would say, wow, it must be killing our neighbor Diane to walk with you because you walk so slow. <laughs> because when I walk, I walk as if I'm looking for money because I am. I'm looking for <laughs> coins. I'm just like, okay, God's going to bless me. And I didn't realize that she was just walking slow because I was walking slow. I thought I was jogging. And one day, my brother comes to visit, and we, go, we all go for a walk. And I hear her tell him, maybe we can speed your brother up. He walks so slow. So she, she's a giant. She's like over six feet. And it's like she's running. So now I get a workout. So one morning, we're walking uh, by this big warehouse they're building right up the street from our house. And they're moving a construction excavator. I had to Google what it was because I didn't know what it was called. But it doesn't have wheels. It has tracks like a tank. And it has like an arm with a bucket on it. And it like digs holes and it can pick up the dirt. And dump it in a truck. So they're moving this excavator on the road. And I guess they don't want to bust up the asphalt on the road. So they have these two by fours. They must be 12, 15 feet long. And the men are putting them on the road, one under each track. And so the excavator is driving on these pieces of wood. And I asked the guy, how much does that thing weigh? And it weighs 60,000 pounds. So it was like the five Chinese brothers. Because as the excavator was going on the two by four, they would pick up the one that it had driven on and run around the excavator and put it in the front. And they would continue down the street. I was amazed that with all that weight, the two by four wasn't broken or crushed. And it made me think of a couple verses that I remember reading in the Bible. And I would like to share them with you. Because we are just like this two by four. Because in the Bible, in Isaiah chapter, uh, verse 3, it says... They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8, it says, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. And I thought, wow, was that a picture of us in this life? Sometimes we go through difficult times. Sometimes it may feel as if we're just hanging on by a very thin thread. I want to tell you the story of a a woman, a single mom. She was single, not because she was divorced, but because her husband had passed away. And she had very little to live on. 
There was a famine in the land. And in fact, she was out gathering a few sticks to make a fire to cook what little she had to eat it with her son and then die. So if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 17? And I want to take a look at this woman. Let's begin in verse 8. So this is Elijah they're talking about. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So I want you to uh, notice here and try to put yourself in this poor widow's shoes. Things are looking so bleak. She's thinking, I'm just going to use the little flour and little oil that I have, make some bread, eat it, and me and my son are going to die. But you can see from the text that God told Elijah that he had already directed this woman to give Elijah food. Sometimes when we feel like we're hanging on by a very thin thread, God is already moving, yet we don't see it. And in her suffering, she steps out of it and decides to get a drink of water for a stranger. And I think, would I do that if I was in this situation? Would I stop thinking about my condition, about how bleak things look, and go ahead and help someone else, a complete stranger? We're continuing in verse 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first... Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So God does a miracle in this lady's life. The grace of God permeates her life as she offers 
the very little that she has left. She lets God do the miraculous with it. And he feeds the whole family until the drought is over. This would be the perfect ending to her situation. But the story continues. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to, to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. God displayed that he is all-powerful, that he has resurrection power, that this lady's son died, and because of the pleading of Elijah, he raised him back to life. And it's a picture that we can see of the coming Savior who was sent to die for us and that God would raise him also. I think sometimes we feel that God is distant. He's too busy to worry about our situation. But God so loved this world that he sent his one and only son to die for our sins. And that he says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. On the night before Jesus was nailed to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. And there he prayed, with his face to the ground, Lord, if you are willing, will you take this cup from me? Yet not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was just about to take on the sins of this world, past and present. He would experience for the first time, a separation from his heavenly father. And he was afraid. He prayed a second time, Father, 
if you cannot take this cup from me, if I have to be crucified for the world, let your will be done. I don't know what situation you're in this morning. It could be financial. You could be holding on by a thread, just trying to make ends meet. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's some sickness that you're dealing with. You just received bad news from the doctor, and it's looking bleak. Maybe someone close to you has died. I want to introduce someone to you. Um, Her name is Nadine, like my wife. She actually came to this church about a month ago. And she came up to me after the service, and I actually didn't recognize her. I called her by the wrong name. But I got the idea for this message because I had texted her and I had told her it was so good to see her in church and hopefully I would see you again. You see, she has gotten cancer and it kind of messed up her life. She said she just celebrated six years cancer-free. But she got divorced a couple years ago, and it wrecked havoc on her finances, and she is struggling. And she texted me back, and she said, it was good to see you, but please... Pray for me, because I am hanging on by a very thin thread. Nadine, I think, is a modern-day picture of this very widow. She is holding on by a very thin thread, but yet what she has, she's willing to give to God, and I believe he will bless you. She's never sang in front of everybody, but like God can only do, she agreed to it. So Nadine Wise, everyone.
God says that perfect love casts out all fear. And maybe you have someone here on earth that loves you a bunch, but it is nothing compared to the perfect love of God. A couple of uh, days ago, I was preparing, getting ready for this message. And God highlighted this lady to me. You. And I think he wanted me to share because I feel like I have walked in your shoes. I met you once. I can't even remember your name, but I'm like that. You see my ex-wife. She was carrying our first baby. And at four months old, we went for a doctor checkup. And they couldn't hear the heartbeat. So we go. Sure enough, it's confirmed. And she actually has to deliver our baby. My wife gets pregnant several months after that. And we have a son on September 8, 1989. I always remember that. 9889. And he passes away 10 days after he was born. He had some things wrong with him. And I was twisted. I was so mad at God. You could say I was just barely hanging on by a thread. But a month later, my ex-wife got pregnant again. And I would pray constantly, pleading with God, please give me a healthy baby. And I said, if you gave me that baby, I would call her Hope. And on October 31st, 1990, we had a daughter, and we called her Hope. And my daughter is sitting back there. In a couple weeks, she will turn 28 years old. And when she was three years old, I remember she came up to me and said, Dad, Dad, I was an angel. And I told God I wanted you for my daddy. God says that I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. If you can, I want you to extend a hand to my sister here, and I want to pray for her. Father, I lift up my sister to you, Lord Jesus, and you love her so much, Lord. I pray.
that your gracious hand, Father, would just cover her and this beautiful baby in her. Father, that you would take away any worry, any anxiety, Father. Lord, that your love would just surround her, that in your love she would find peace, Lord, and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was talking to my daughter this past week, and she was so excited. She called me, and she said, Dad, God wanted me to tell you that he told me I'm supposed to make a painting. And I don't know who it's for, but I was just supposed to tell you. And then I got excited because two weeks ago, as I was preaching, I saw somebody drawing a painting. My daughter and Lena, they're back there painting throughout the whole service. And I think that painting is for you. God singled you out because he loves you so much. And he does that to each and every one of us. I think when we come to the end of our string, sometimes we have to cry out to God, Father, if you can remove this cup from me, would you do it? But not my will, but your will, Father. Because he could be moving in your life to bless people. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes and pray with me.